Praise the Lord, everybody. Turn to the person next to you. If you don't have someone next to you, turn to the person one row behind you and say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen, amen. It's Christmas time. (laughs) It's my favorite time of the year. I like Christmas. Amen. I like to remember all the things that have happened in Christmas's past, the memories that we've made. I like to celebrate the fact that Jesus came. Amen. And it's just a good time of the year. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to have everyone here today. We're going to continue on this morning with the series that we started a couple of weeks back, Unwrapping Christmas. Today is going to be our last live class in this series because this Sunday is going to be my last Sunday here. Um, I'm going to be traveling away down to conference with a small holiday in Wollongong with Sister Janie's family um, as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. might just grab that water over there. I feel like I'm going to need it. Um, but that doesn't mean there's no church next Sunday. There will be church next Sunday. Um, and I think there's talk of doing Christmas carols and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good time. But just by way of reminder, next Sunday there is no life class, okay? Um, so if you arrive for main service only at 11 o'clock, you will miss out. Church will probably be just about finished by then, amen? So church will be starting at about 10 o'clock, maybe a little later. So I would recommend you come early, amen? So you can be a part of what God is going to do next Sunday, amen? We're going to continue talking about unwrapping Christmas and the reason why we're talking about this topic this morning is as I mentioned over the last couple of weeks you know the the true meaning of Christmas in this culture that we live in has been replaced it's been replaced by materialism it's been replaced by selfishness and the Christmas season has become a season of going to parties and and a focus on wish lists and at the same time all of that is happening Christmas is also a time of the year when depression becomes more frequent, anxiety becomes more frequent, and and sometimes, if we're being truthful, Christmas is not always the happiest time for everybody. Christmas can be a very difficult time for a lot of people, amen, and the reason for that is because as a culture, we're not focused on what the true meaning of Christmas is, which of course is the birth of Jesus Christ, amen. So we're going to continue talking about this this morning. Let me ask you some questions first. Let's, Let's, um... Let's go for a little walk here, ask some people some questions. This is always fun, isn't it? I'm not even going to be on camera. Brother Attic, what is your favorite Christmas food? Dumplings. Dumplings. Anyone like dumplings for Christmas? I don't know. There we go. Brother Stan, what is the best Christmas present you have ever received? A guitar. A guitar. And that's good because he is very good at guitar. Brother Jeremiah. Headphones. Headphones. <laughs> there we go. Brother Jeremiah wants headphones for Christmas. Who else can I pick on? Sister Elsie, what is the worst Christmas present you have ever gotten? <laughs> can't remember. You can't remember. <laughs> oh, dear me, dear me. Isn't this fun talking about Christmas? You know, Christmas always brings around laughter and, and joy, and it's funny, and you know. But like I said, 
you know, Christmas, Christmas can be rough on people as well. You know, something I've noticed about Christmas, and I'll be very honest, shopping is not my thing. You know, Sister Janie, she loves to go shopping. You know, she, she can shop. Me, I don't mind shopping. I shop with a purpose, though. I go to the shops, I look for exactly what I want, and I get it, and I go. You know, if there's, there's too many people, I get like, it's going to be alone for a while, right? Um, you know, we were at the Sunday school breakup yesterday, and uh, we went to Inflatable Kingdom, and there was just hundreds of kids everywhere, and it was so noisy, and after like an hour and a half of sitting there, I was like, okay, I need to go. I've got to get out. I've got to go study, but I just I need some air, <laughs> You know, and at, at Christmas time, I don't know about you, but I do not like going to Cannes Central at Christmas time. I just don't like it. There is just, it's impossible to find car parks. There's hundreds of people everywhere. It's just, it's chaotic, isn't it? And, and you know, and I think part of that is, of course, because we're in this frenzy of materialism, this frenzy of buying, you know. There's a tradition in America which is starting to get adopted over here, this idea of Black Friday, Right, it happens sort of a couple of weeks ago. You might have seen emails, Black Friday, get some specials, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's very big in the States. It's starting to become big over here and it's just it's chaotic and it's it's full on and it's it's you know rough. It's chaotic, you know, and, and, and this is this is becoming what Christmas is is like. But you know, the interesting thing about Christmas is that it was a bit chaotic when Jesus was born as well. Life was chaotic. Life was in turmoil. It was surrounded by chaos, confusion, and disorder right from the very beginning. You know, the Roman government, who nobody liked, had issued a decree that said, we want to do an empire-wide census. You all know what a census is, right? We do a census in Australia every four years. You fill out, you know, how old are you? How many kids you got? Where do you live on census night? What is your religion? You know, where do you work? Do you work full time? How much do you earn? Because the government wants to know everything about its people so it can allocate services and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Roman Empire decided they wanted to do an empire-wide census. But what they decided to do was that they got everybody to go back to the town that they were born to have their census done to get their details, right? So that would be like me, I'd have to go back to Perth because that's where I was born. And Sister Janie would have to go down to Wollongong and Brother Radic would have to go, I don't know, Krakow, I don't know, somewhere in Poland, right? Because that's where he was born, right? And so in Bethlehem, on the night that Jesus was born, the town was packed with people who were tired, probably frustrated that the government had forced that. And don't, don't forget that, you know, they didn't like the government. The Jewish people hated the Roman occupation. And this government's just forced them all to pack up their kids, pack up their houses, pack up their families, go to Bethlehem so they can say, yes, here I am, here's where I was born, and then go back to their hometown. Right, so the town was packed with people who were frustrated, tired, weary of the journey that they'd just taken. And... Uh, Bethlehem was packed, right? And, and, and we know this because when Mary and Joseph got there, and of course Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem as well, that's why he was in Bethlehem when Jesus was born, because remember Jesus grew up in Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem, right? And so Joseph and Mary, when they got there, the town was already too full. There was no room for them 
in the town. It was just packed to capacity. And so they ended up, of course, as we know the story tells us, in a, in a manger they had to stay. And then, of course, just two short years after that, more chaos and confusion, King Herod, in a fit of jealousy and rage, decided he wanted to execute every single male child under the age of two years old in Bethlehem, right? Because he was jealous. And there's more chaos and more, more strife and more agony and more upheaval and more unrest, amen? And, and you know, when you, when you compare that to what we're doing today and the situation we live in today, we live in a world with a lot of upheaval. We live in a world with a lot of unrest. We live in a world with a lot of strife, a lot of, a lot of chaos and a lot of problems. Nations are very unhappy with their governments. Amen. People are weary emotionally. They are weary physically. You think about coming out of two years of, of COVID. You know, I was reading an article in The Australian just yesterday afternoon, and it was talking about how Australians as a people are just tired because we've had COVID, we've had bushfires, we've had floods. It's just been this constant cycle of hardship, hardship, hardship for like three or four years now, it seems, right? And so people are tired, and, and, and the news is full of tragedy. The news is full of depressing stories. And, and for some people, this can take the joy out of Christmas, the joy of the season, the joy of remembering that Jesus came. All of this stress, all of this weariness, all of this tiredness, all of this pressure to make sure that we've got enough presents and we've got enough food, it can, it can take the joy out of Christmas, amen? You know, and 2,000 years ago, it was the same thing. You know, because when, when, when the joy gets taken out, we don't notice Christmas as much, do we? We don't notice the reasons why. We don't notice Jesus as much. It's hard to see Jesus operating in our life when we're so tired and so weary and so stressed with everything that's going on. We don't notice. He's there, but we don't notice. You know, it reminds me of the story. Back in 2007, a master violinist decided he wanted to stop in a subway, I think it was in New York, I have to look at my notes, he was in New York, and he played on his violin in the subway station. And he wanted to see if people would notice him and pay attention to him, and he put out his little violin case for people to put in tips, and he sat there and he played for, how long did he play for? He played for 45 minutes in the middle of rush hour. He didn't get dressed up, he was wearing jeans, a t-shirt, a cap, and his violin, and he was playing. You know, there was no signs that announced who he was. There was no fanfare when he arrived. But he played the most brilliant of masterpieces in the middle of rush hour in this subway. The violin that he was playing on, it was a handcrafted violin crafted in 1713. So it's like 300 years old. It was worth $3.5 million. And there's this guy playing it. This guy... He is paid thousands and thousands of dollars to play. He, play, he earns about $1,000 a minute when he plays at a concert because he's so good. But yet in this subway, for 45 minutes, only seven people stopped for any amount of time to listen to him. In 45 minutes, he earned $32 from people putting their change in. Why? Because in the subway, everyone is busy. There's chaos. Everyone's on their way to a destination. Everyone's doing something. They don't notice the master violinist in the corner playing beautifully on his violin. 
And it's the same thing at Christmas time. We get so busy, so chaotic, so, so full of everything that's going on that Jesus is there and we don't notice the master there. The one who paid an incredible price for us, the one who laid aside his glory on that night 2,000 years ago and was born in a humble manger, the savior of the world, amen, and people didn't notice him, just like we don't notice him sometimes because we get so caught up in his life. You know, so few people noticed that Jesus was born because they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for some grand king to come and to throw out the Romans. And, and when they saw Jesus, they didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. They couldn't reconcile what their idea of a Messiah was with what was actually standing right in front of them, amen. And just like that violinist, they didn't notice him. In all the rush and the hustle and the bustle of life and things going on, they didn't know who Jesus was. Eventually, of course, they would accuse him of blasphemy, and then they would kill him. You know, and, and, and today, that same problem remains. You think about where we live in the new covenant with the new birth, the ability to come to Jesus, to repent of our sins, to be baptized in the name of Jesus, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This new birth experience is a free gift. It's available for everybody. Anybody who wants it can come and get it. There's no like, you can't come, you're not good enough. No, it's a free gift. It's for whosoever will, the Bible tells us, amen. And yet, even at Christmas time, with ready access to a Savior, people still can ignore Him. People still don't notice Him. For many, the place of Jesus at Christmas is about as meaningful as what Santa Claus is. Jesus is often no more than just a, a reenactment in a nativity scene, some small baby doll sitting in a little manger with some hay. You know, and, and truthfully, I think most people are okay with that. Most people are okay with the thought of a baby Jesus, you know, a helpless, harmless little human baby lying in a manger. That kind of Jesus can't hide, hurt anybody, amen? And, 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 and most people don't mind stories of the nativity. Most people don't mind the pictures of Mary with, you know, the halo around the head kind of thing. You know, that's kind of the traditional kind of Christmas things. And, but, you know, and even though there is a push to try and take you know, Christ out of Christmas, you know, you go, go to the shops and people will stop saying this, you know, people aren't saying Merry Christmas as much anymore. They're saying things like Happy Holidays. They don't want to offend you. Or instead of saying Christmas, they say Xmas because they don't want to say Christ. Right? But even though there is that push, even though that is happening, most people still promote a generic kind of Christmas celebration, you know, you go to the shops, you'll still hear the occasional Christmas carol being played that's not some silliness like jingle bells or dashing through the snow or, you know, dreaming of a white Christmas, right? There is still Christian Christmas carols that happen, you know, most people don't mind getting a Christmas card that might have some angels on it and says peace to the world or, or something like that, but, you know, people are okay with that Jesus. What they're not okay with is a divine convicting Jesus, a Jesus who tells them to be selfless. A Jesus who tells them to put other people first. A Jesus who tells them to turn away from their sin. They don't want anything to do with the Jesus that says, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. But see, when you look at the story of Jesus and when you look at his birth, 
Let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew for a second this morning. Matthew chapter 21, actually Matthew chapter 20, sorry. And I want to read from verse 25. It says, but Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. See, people are happy to put Jesus in the little human Jesus baby box because that Jesus is their servant. He's the, he's the one ministering to them. And that's why Jesus came, amen. But as Christians, we understand, hold up, just because he came as a humble baby does not change that he is still the king of the universe, amen. It doesn't change change that he still has all power and authority amen but God never put his emphasis on royalty on riches on prestige like humans do in this passage Jesus is saying no 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 being great is not about being the boss it's not about getting attention it's about serving others amen and this is the problem that people have with Christmas is this idea that hang on but I've got to serve Jesus I thought Jesus was serving me I've got to serve others. No, others should be buying presents for me. I've got to care for others. No, others should be caring for me. I'm the boss. This is Christmas time. They should look after me. Hello? And so Christmas is misunderstood by people and Jesus is misunderstood. And that's why they don't want Christ in Christmas. Because the Christ of Christmas and at the true heart of Christmas is selflessness. Right? We talked about this last week. Joseph was selfless. He agreed to take a wife who was already expecting a child that was not his own. That's selflessness. He was willing to put Mary first, willing to put her baby first before his own needs, before his own pride. Amen. So Joseph was selfless. Mary was selfless. She accepted her calling to carry the child even when she knew that her life would be turned upside down completely, that there would always be a question mark over her life. Well, who was the father of your child, Mary, if it wasn't Joseph? Right? But Mary was selfless. She was willing to bear that burden, amen, in, in service of others. God was selfless. You know, if we were in the position of God, we would come, we would have riches, we would have glory, we would have honor, we would want people to notice us. But no, the Bible says that God laid aside his splendor. He didn't think it to be, didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Amen. Nobody took the reputation of Jesus away from him. He decided himself to lay his reputation down. He made himself of no reputation, the Bible says. Amen. He humbled himself and he came to earth to walk among us. Amen. He left heaven to endure the hardships of life as a man on earth. And of course, we know that eventually he went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. Amen. 
You know, think about what we talked about this morning, right at the beginning when we talked about some of our favorite things about Christmas and getting presents and stuff like that. You know, that's very cultural. That's what Christmas is about. As a matter of fact, you can see, you know, pastors already come with some Christmas presents to give out to some people today. Right? It's a very cultural thing to give gifts to one another at Christmas time. Amen. But, you know, this is the tradition of men. What we've got to ask ourselves is, what does God want us to do at Christmas time? What is His tradition? What should we follow? Because we want to follow Jesus. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me. We're going to go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Say amen when you're there. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. It says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. Paul is saying, watch out for those traditions of men. They will spoil you after the rudiments of the world or the principles of this world and not after Christ. Amen. Some of these earthly traditions that we can get caught up in sometimes, they will spoil us. Amen. Because they are vain traditions. They're not from God. Now, there's things that are okay. I'm nothing wrong with giving presents to one another. And for the record, if anyone has a present that they want to give to me, I would be grateful. Amen. But we shouldn't buy into the excessive materialism. We shouldn't buy into, well, you know, such and such bought their kid an iPad, so now I've got to buy my kid an iPad. If I can't afford an iPad, don't get them an iPad. Right? I'm just giving a practical example there. Amen. We shouldn't buy into that world that we've got to keep up with other people. We've got to have a bigger party than our neighbors. We've got to have more people over than our neighbors. We've got to have more food on our table than our neighbors because it's Christmas time. We're trying to show people that, you know, who we are. No. That's buying into the traditions of this world. Amen. Brothers and sisters, if it's not in Christ, we need to change that. Amen. And so we should keep our attitudes towards Christmas wholesome you know, without any kind of vice. You know, we shouldn't be drawn into the traditions of this world when it comes to Christmas. We should focus on the principles of Christ. The Bible says not on the rudiments of the principles of the world. Amen. And so what is our attitude towards Christmas? What do we think of Christmas? Do we equate a good Christmas with receiving good presents? That's a very childish attitude. I know that because I had that attitude when I was a child. I remember one Christmas in the Solomon Islands, because you know we grew up in the Solomon Islands. Most Christmases in the Solomon Islands were very small. Just mum, dad, me, my brother, Nate. You know, we would have a nice meal together. But you know, we might get maybe one present or maybe two presents each. 
you know, it wasn't a big event, you know. We enjoyed Christmas, we had good family time together, but it was small. But I remember one Christmas, one Christmas, mum and dad, I don't know what happened, maybe they just wanted to spoil us because they loved us, but one Christmas they went out. I don't know where they got stuff shipped from Australia, I have no idea. But they must have got us about eight or nine presents each. I snuck out at like two or three o'clock in the morning because that's what I used to do. Mum and Dad, if you're watching, sorry. I used to, and I saw that the, 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 the lights were on and everything, and there was just presents stacked everywhere. There was so many of them, they couldn't even fit in one corner. They were on the lounge, they were on the thing, there were some big ones, there were small ones, and I was just like, oh, wow. And I thought, this is the best Christmas ever. <laughs> Why? Because I was getting lots. But that is a very childish attitude. And that's okay if you're a child. But as an adult, Christmas is not about how much we get. Christmas is not about, well, it's only a good Christmas if I get what I want. Right? Jeremiah, it's not going to be a good Christmas if you just get headphones. It'll still be a good Christmas even if you don't get headphones. Amen? (laughs) Right? Because Christmas... If you want to follow the principle of Christ, Christmas is about how Jesus came and served. Jesus gave. Jesus didn't receive. Jesus gave of himself. He gave of his time. He gave of his life. Amen. And so Christmas, the principle of Christ at Christmas that we should follow is how can I give of myself to others? How can I help other people? How can I support other people? How can I lift other people up? How can I help people who are struggling? Amen. Because that's what it means to be Christian and have a Christ-centered Christmas. Amen. Do you ever stop to think about how you can help others who are less fortunate than yourself? I mean, we live in such a blessed country. We live in such a blessed country. Amen? You know, we're a rich country. We really are. We have nothing to complain about. You know, you look at, you look just for example, because it's in the news at the moment, you look at what's happening over to people in Ukraine. They're not worried about what presents they're going to get under a Christmas tree this year. They're worried about whether or not they're going to freeze to death because they can't put their heaters on. It really puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Amen. And so Christmas needs to be a time of giving, not a time of receiving. Because that's what Jesus did for us. We give to one another. Amen. And what is the easiest way to do that? How do we make Christ the center of our Christmas? I'll give you a little hint. The best way to make Christ the center of your Christmas is to make him the center of your life every day of the week, every month of the year, no matter what month it is, no matter whether things are good or whether things are bad. Christ needs to be the center of your life because if he is the center of your life, then you'll have no problems making him the center of your Christmas. Amen. If you walk with Jesus from January through to November, you'll have no problems walking with Jesus through the month of December as well, amen. Turn with me, Psalm 119, have a look at this. Here's another key. Psalm 
the psalmist wrote, he said this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Is the Lord your meditation all the day? See, never far from your thoughts, never far from your mind. You know, the hustle and bustle of Christmas, it can, it can give us pause. You know, we get so caught up that we forget Jesus. We forget to read our Bible every day because, hang on, I've got to go to the shops today. I'm on holidays. I've got to go to the shop. I've got to buy this. I've got to do that. I've got to set this up. I've got to send invites out for my Christmas party. But the hustle and bustle of Christmas is no excuse to forget Jesus. At, at Christmas of all times, we should focus on Him. And the key to that, as the psalmist said, is to meditate on His law all the day. God's Word needs to be a central part of our life every day that we live, not just at Christmas time. Because if we have that habit, if we have that discipline at Christmas time, it's going to keep us on the straight and narrow. It's going to keep us with the right attitude and the right mindset. Amen. And so we cannot allow this season to rob us of what our focus is as Christians. Amen. And so how do you think God wants us? to celebrate Christmas. I can tell you, He wants us to give, to give to one another, not just presents, but to give of ourselves, to give of our life, to live in community, to share with one another, amen, and not just Christmas, but every day of the week, amen. You know, and of course, I'm going to say it again, just in case someone's wondering. I'm not preaching against the traditions of Christmas. There are some good things. I like, I, like I said, I like giving gifts to people. I like receiving gifts as well, amen. Sister Janie and I, we have some good Christmas traditions that we really like. Sister Janie makes this amazing drink called Wazzle. I think it's an old English drink, right? And we have it at Christmas time, and it makes us feel all Christmassy, right? Nothing wrong with these traditions, amen, but we cannot allow the things of this world to rob the heart of Christmas from us, amen. And so as we turn to Psalm 46, just a few pages back, Here is probably, if I wanted to give you a key verse for this season, this would be it. Because it is the exact opposite of everything else that's going on in the world. Psalm 46 verse 10, it says this, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Every day, make time to think about the Lord. To think about the good things that he's done for you. To pray. To read his word. You know, take time perhaps. You know, turn off the iPhones. Turn off the smartphones. Turn off the iPads. Turn off the music maybe even. And just sit quietly. And just think about the Lord. Just let him feel your, 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 his presence. Just, 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 just let him speak to you. Let him, let him be there. Amen. And be still and know. It's the exact opposite of everything that's happening out there right now. It's chaotic, it's busy, it's hectic, it's be still and know that I am God. Amen? Other ways you can celebrate Christmas meaningfully is give in ministry to others. Serve others. Find some way you can help out. Find some way you can serve. Find some way that you can give back at this season. You know, we're, we're called to minister to others. You know, and if, if you haven't been involved in helping out in the church in some way through this year, Christmas is a great time to start. 
I'm going to start serving the Lord. I'm going to find somewhere I can give. I'm going to be faithful to God's house. I'm going to make sure that everything's set up. I'm going to come early and open up for pastor. All this kind of stuff. Amen. It's serving. And it's remembering the heart of Christmas. Amen. Praise the Lord. My question for you as we all stand is, are you willing to change anything about how you celebrate Christmas this year? Let's all stand this morning. Are you willing to find some place you can step out of your comfort zone and help other people? You know, a couple of Christmases ago, I remember, and, and you know, it's been a rough couple of years even for us as a church with the move and COVID and everything like that, and we're, we're slowly building back, amen? But, you know, I remember back two or three years ago when we were running close to 100 people, you know, at Christmas time, we would, as a church, we would buy a whole bunch of toys and we donated them to the foster kids, you know, we worked with a local charity in town and we gave them. People bought toys and bought presents and gave them to people who are less fortunate than us. That's what God wants us to do at Christmas time. So my question for you is, are you willing to change some things about your Christmas? You know, there's other traditions that we do in our family. Things that I've picked up from our parents, my parents. And for example, on Christmas morning, we read the Christmas story together as a family. It doesn't matter if we're in the same location or where we are right now. Right now, on Christmas morning at 9 o'clock, we're going to read the Christmas story together as a family. My parents will be in Vanuatu. I will be in Wollongong. My sister will be in Canberra. My brother and my sister-in-law will be in America. And yet we're all still going to make time because that's our Christmas tradition. It's one of the ways in which we put Jesus first at Christmas, amen. I'm just trying to give you some ideas. You know, maybe do that with your kids. You know, they're going to get up 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I want to open presents. Hold up. Before we do that, here's what we're going to do. Mom, Dad, Grandma, we're going to read the Christmas story. And then we're going to pray. Not for long. Just a few minutes. And just thank the Lord that He was the best Christmas present we could ever receive. Because that's what Christmas is is about. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads this morning? Precious Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Christmas. Not for the commercialism, the materialism, not for the presents, Lord God, not for all of that, Lord Jesus, not for the corny Christmas carols, Lord God, that don't make any sense anyway here living in Australia where there's no snow to be found hardly this year. But Lord, we thank you for you. We thank you that you came we thank you, Lord, that you are the best Christmas gift we could ever receive, Lord God. And, and that, Lord, a covenant relationship with you is, is a gift that just keeps on giving every day of the year, Lord God. No matter what season it is, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in our life, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for each person that's here today, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would help all of us, myself included, help us to find a way to serve somebody this season, Lord God, to lift somebody up, Lord God, to be there when someone needs us, Lord God, to put an arm around them, Lord, and, and maybe even, Jesus, it might be helping them practically. It might be buying them some groceries. It might be helping them out with their kids, Lord God. Whatever it is, Lord, help us as a church, as a body of believers, as individuals, Father, to find something somewhere where we can serve somebody, lift somebody up, help somebody, Lord, because as we do this, Jesus, we're going to become more like you, Lord God. 
Lord Jesus, you, Lord, showed us the way. You gave, Lord, with no thought of receiving for yourself, Lord Jesus. Help us to be the same, Lord. Help us to be like you. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Have your way, Lord, in the rest of our church service. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.